What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 9 of Fear Frequency. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne, and with me today is my co-host, George Frizzard. It's late at night. It's a spooky night. How are you doing in the spookiest of nights? Good, dude. How are you? Pretty good. We got a light episode this week. People were excited, ready to watch some scary movies, and then now, you know, they're like kind of over it for a minute, but I I think we'll pick back up. Yeah, this was definitely a slower week for news in general, and I think it's kind of like a slower time for the genre, so we can't really expect... There's nothing great coming out. Not going right. to lie. Yeah, like, there's that so. movie, Dismissed, with Dylan Sprouse. I'm trying to get us. I want to yeah. see that. Then, like, that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to see The Shape of Water, but that doesn't come out for a week, so. Yeah, so we still got, like, a little bit of time before. This is, like, definitely a down down couple weeks for the genre. <laughs> yeah, we usually record on Sundays, but there was, like, no news in the past week because of Thanksgiving. You know, like, no one wants to put out news when people aren't paying attention. So... Right. We waited a day, and lo and behold, all the news came out today, like tons of it. So that was smart. That was a good move. So we have some great, actually some pretty good news stories to talk about, like as far as that goes usually. And we have two movies to talk about this week. And if you've been dying to hear us not like movies, this is the week for you, because we got two movies that neither of us liked. Mamma mia, two two stinkers. Two real not great movies. So if you, if you want to hear that, this is your episode. Because it's been a while. It's been since episode one that we've shit on both movies. Yeah, usually it's only one. Yeah, so, you know, things change. Um, <laughs> we're in the we're in the dark period, guys. The dark ages. So, pour one out. Say your prayers. Pray that you won't get taken by the Fear Frequency ghost tonight. And before that, we're going to jump right into news. So, segment one. First thing we got on here is that there's a Stranger Things fan film that just came out called The Twelfth Search. And... I saw it getting some write-ups, and I was like, mm, this could be just, like, something that, you know, people are writing about for the clicks. So I watched it. It's pretty good. Like, it's not it's not bad. Like, it's made by a company called VFX Productions. Like, it's obviously advertising their work, like, you know, because they've made a CGI monster. Right. Uh, but it's pretty good. Yeah. I thought that uh, definitely the strongest part of it is the visual effects. I think that they nailed the look of the Demogorgon. And, like, the tree opening up and all the kind of creepy, like, slimy effects of the monsters. I think everything like that is definitely the what shines brightest in this short film. The story is kind of whatever. And the... Yeah, the story is not good. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit into the universe of the show very well. Like, it's a, it's a visual effects company. Like, you know, they're making something that fits in visually to the universe. And I think they did a good job there. Yeah, that definitely is nailed, and it's it's short. I mean, people should definitely check it out, especially if you're into the show. I think they do a good job with the Demogorgon, and they nail the tone, definitely. Yeah, and the acting is decent, so yeah. I think it's worth checking out. Like, it's free. It's on Facebook, so you can go to facebook.com slash vfxproductionsrt, and then you'll right. be able to see it. Yeah, it, I think we spoiled ourselves by, like, making the first fan film we actually paid attention to in our lives, Never Hike Alone. Yeah, Never Hike that's Alone. Like, as good as it's ever gonna get right like we peaked with the first one like how how rare is it that a fan film comes out that dwarfs half of the normal series like yeah and you know what i thought on. we were gonna get shit for saying that no one really seems to disagree they're all just like everyone that i've talked to about was like yeah like you're right like it's better than half the movies in this uh entire franchise which is wildly overrated yeah so <laughs> So there you go. So we got three Stranger Things stories this week. So if you wanted to stop hearing about this show, the train's still rolling, baby. 
So uh, next up, we have that Target is releasing a Blu-ray box set, 4K, in a VHS box that comes with a poster. And if that sounds familiar, if you're scratching your head saying, (laughs) man, I feel like that just happened a month ago. Oh, it did. They released a Blu-ray set that was identical, but this one's in 4K, not HDR, which is a bummer. Uh, I'm kind of pissed about this, to be honest, because I bought the other one a month ago when they just stealth released it without any (laughs) announcement. And I was like, cool, they're probably not going to do 4K. Because they just released everything that they had for Stranger Things all at once. Lo and behold, they're putting out 4K box set. Total bullshit. That's what I'm calling here. Total bullshit. <laughs> it it seems weird to me that they do this box set that's just a carbon copy of the Blu-ray set they released a month ago, but in a higher resolution. Yeah. It just seems weird. Why wouldn't you release a version that was not super, like cool like a like the vhs box set and all that like why don't we just re- release a normal blu-ray of season two yeah why and then be like hey guys we're releasing this cool vhs set of season two that's gonna be sick it's gonna be and 4K. it's the same price the other one was 27 dollars. this one's 30 like what the <laughs> fuck that's so stupid like you should have just put out one that's a special edition with a freaking vhs box this is like so dumb dude i was lazy about picking up the blu-ray set i wanted to pick it up but i i kind of waited on it and now now's my time to strike get the 4k set bitch so (laughs) this article also claims that target became the place to buy stranger things merchandise that is also i'm calling bullshit there i got a t-shirt fucking the weirdest shirt ever the neck stretched out it's too short yeah and who wants Hmm. funkos dude like they're going out of business. Did you hear? They're, yeah, I definitely do not care about the Funko situation. So if you don't care about Funkos and you don't care about garbage quality clothes, go to Hot Topic. They got good they, quality clothes that fit into the universe better and aren't just cheap cash-ins. They had that one cool crew neck sweater. Oh, yeah, Target did. But yeah. Hot Topic had the same one, but like with the logo, and it was a nicer quality sweater. Yeah, so I, I don't know. That's really the number one, the one-stop shop for all of your No, literally everything here. except the Blu-ray and like a couple exclusive t-shirts you can get at Hot Topic. And if and the stuff that you can't get at Hot Topic except for the Blu-ray, the version at Hot Topic is nicer. So yeah. I'm, I'm making a referendum that Hot Topic <laughs> is the place for Stranger Things merchandise and not Target. But then we have a third thing on here, which is uh, that every episode of Stranger Things Season 2 was drawn as a VHS box. And, you know, I thought the other one we already talked about was cool, where it was like Atari games and book covers. Mm -hmm. This is just like you're cashing in because you know it'll get written about. (laughs) These ones are... I I thought the ones we talked about first were better, like you said. They're more, I guess, like, not not necessarily quality, but they were like you could tell the person was making them just, like, because they liked the show and they wanted to just make some art. And this feels just like... a kind of just like a cash-in copy of that person's work just to have like their stuff talked about as well they're in between the stranger things one that was good (laughs) and those walking dead ones they're right in the middle because they are like they redid like the gate and like you know like jurassic park and the lost boys and that's kind of cool and they they actually gave a shit here like they did a decent job and they cloned the same movies as those walking dead ones that were terrible yeah and like, this guy's been working on this since Halloween. It took him a month. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, they're not bad, but they're just... It's already eh, been done before. They're so towing they the see- line. Like, they're towing <laughs> the line. 
I mean, this it doesn't seem if they were the first person to do it, it might be cool, but it's it's already it's like kind of been there done that situation. Conversely, I think if these ones came out first and then Butcher Billy's versions came out second and we were talking about this, I don't think we'd be saying the same thing. No, you're probably right. This next news here, I'm gonna let you cover it because it's it's a good story. Yeah, so uh Brawl and Cellblock ninety nine is getting a four K Blu ray release on December twenty sixth. And the 4K box has some really cool, like, vintage, uh, like, almost comic book style box art. Yeah, like, you could pay, I'm sure the Blu-ray will be, like, 25 and then the 4K one will be 30 And the, yeah. the 4K one has way better art. And you can go to the store on the same day and get the Mayhem 4K Blu-ray. That's a double feature right there. That is a pretty good double feature. Yeah, like, that's a good double feature. <laughs> and the art is really good. Like, if, you, if you're if yeah. you just tuning into the show now, we reviewed Brawl and Cellbox 99 a couple weeks back, and we really liked it. It's, like, one of our favorite movies of the year. It's from the director of Bone Tomahawk, of course, which is another one of our favorite movies. And uh, next up, we have a story that I normally wouldn't cover because it's, like, boring and stupid, but there's some interesting layers here. Children of the Corn runaway might come out in 2018 which so you know obviously no one really gives a shit about children of the corn nine or whatever it is there's a million of them and basically so dimension films which is owned by the weinstein company they own the rights to hellraiser and children of the corn so what they do we've, we've talked about this before and i've gained some new insight into why this happens so we've talked about these horror movies that get made and then they just sit on a shelf but I figured out now because of this that when you own a license like Children of the Corn or um, Hellraiser, you have to make a movie before it expires to keep the license. So a Hellraiser movie called Hellraiser Judgment is done and Children of the Corn Runaway is also done. But it, it's just a movie that they made to keep the license. So it's probably bad and it's, it probably will never come out. But the star of Children of the Corn Runaway, Marcy Miller, said that it's coming out February or March 2018. I find it hard to believe, honestly. <laughs> like, it's a Weinstein Company thing, even though it is Dimension Films. I just don't think... I, I don't think this movie's going to come out. Like, especially if they're not even going to release Hellraiser. Because I feel like Hellraiser has way more brand recognition than Children of the Corn. I don't really see the point in keeping them on the shelf, though. I yeah. get that you have to make a movie to keep the license. But, I mean, even if you make... What was the last... Uh, um. Uh, the Winchester house that made like 700 bucks. Like making yeah. 700 bucks is embarrassing, but it's better than oh, making the $0. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amityville The Awakening made 700 bucks. And if I was to mention, and I looked back at Amityville The Awakening or whatever, and how that made $700, and I'd look back at Leatherface, which is another one of these movies, and I'd be like, huh, that made like 18 bucks and some like lint. Like, I'd be like, <laughs> is it even worth it? Like... <laughs> do we want to tarnish these brand names even more because like they probably want to keep the license so that they can go balls out on a real good movie i guess but I that's just know. like my optimistic i'm not even optimistic that's just like playing devil's advocate here so we have a conversation <laughs> yeah at, at this point they should probably just save them until halloween 2018 release them then because why why not just let them sit on the shelf you know just release them vod on like october 1st or put them on netflix or something you could put them in a blu-ray combo pack yeah you could do that that actually be kind of fun and then now that i think about it this version this is probably getting released over hellraiser because hellraiser hasn't like no has a lot of brand recognition like in general but children of the corn is a stephen king story so yeah like, Stephen king is hot right now for sure yeah he's not he's 
he's not as hot as I thought because, uh, you know, 1922, I thought would be a blow up movie, but no one talks about it. And people are saying that's like one of Thomas Jane's best performances ever. I guess it's more the horror stories of his are huge right now. And this is a horror story, so maybe this one will hit where, where the other ones haven't. Yeah, so this one is basically this lady played by Marcy Miller, and she's the one who leaked this on her Instagram, I think. Um, she gets pregnant in the like little town cult run by children, and she grows up, and she's pregnant, and then she runs away. So, hence the title, Run Away. I think it could be cool if it's like low budget, but has no CGI, like is done in a cool grindhouse type way. I think that could be fun. Like, if it's yeah. straightforward, it might be just fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think this, no one's really expecting anything from it, so if it's even halfway decent, people will be like, huh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, next up, we have a trailer for a Rob Zombie narrated documentary on Charles Manson called Charles Manson, The Final Words, and um, it's gonna show December 3rd on Reels, and, I mean... I really like Rob Zombie. I've heard that he's, like, a really cool dude. Like, his last few movies haven't been great. I don't know. I just feel like this was a cash-in on the fact that he just died. Yeah, it seems weird that there's already a Charles Manson documentary, even though he died, what, like, a week ago? So, do they just have this sitting on ice, like, waiting for him to die with the Rob Zombie track over it, or...? (sighs) I don't know. Rob Zombie's always been into him, so, like, I could see him just making it, like... Because it's been in the news, like, for over a year that he's sick and he's dying. So, like, Rob Zombie could have picked up on this, been like, I really like Charles Manson. Like, now's the time for me to make a documentary. And then, like, he just died. So he's like, shit, I gotta release this. Yeah, that's definitely possible that he's just been waiting for the opportune moment to release it. I'd prefer it to be that rather than this documentary that's completely rushed out. Have you ever heard of Reels? I've never even heard of this channel. I don't know what Reels is. (laughs) is that bad (laughs) no i i don't think so i've never even heard of it like it's not even like i know what it is and i just never watched i just have never heard of it i've only not had cable for a year too so it's like it's not like i've that out of the loop you know yeah so is it directed by zombie or is it just him narrating i think he just narrates it i'm sure he produced it like you know i'm sure he put money into it well it began filming a year ago Okay. And he, they have phone calls between Manson and the filmmakers. So that's like his final words on tape, basically. That actually sounds like it could be kind of cool. The trailer's not bad either. So, I mean, you can look it up. It's called Charles Manson, colon, the final words. And it's out December 3rd, so it's not like you have to wait that long. Like, it's out next, what is that, Monday? Or Sunday, this Sunday. Yeah, yeah, so it's out pretty soon. So yeah, maybe check that out, figure out what Reels is, and if you can watch it <laughs> somehow. <laughs> If you get somehow subscribed to and watch Reels within a week, then go for it. Jonathan Reels is going to come to my house and beat me up. <laughs> the, the owner of Reels, Jonathan Reels. Jonathan Reels is coming for you. Jonathan R. Eels. <laughs> That's his name. Uh, so I'm going to add in something that I just noticed. Uh, Waxwork Records does really cool horror soundtracks. They did a creep show one that I have framed on my wall. And while I was just reading that story out loud, I noticed that they're putting out a bunch of new um like albums that are pretty damn cool they're doing night of the living dead dawn of the dead the burbs drag me to hell get out and a bunch of other stuff so that's that's pretty cool yeah those are some big horror names those are some good movies yeah i love the burbs the burbs is a good movie 
Drag Me to Hell. Great. Drag Me to Hell. You love that movie. Oh my god, that's like one of my favorite Sam Raimi movies. That's so fun. Yeah, so Salem's Lot limited edition Blu-ray is coming out soon. Ships on December 11th, and it's on Zavi for 21.43. Again, I don't know what Zavi is, so <laughs> your mileage may vary on this one. I've never yeah. heard of it. It looks like a Groupon clone. Like, it looks like they just do steelbooks of old horror movies. It looks pretty cool. Like, I don't, I don't really see the novelty in steelbooks over like a regular Blu-ray. I guess. But yeah. if you like Salem's Lot, this could be a chance to own it on Blu-ray for a yeah, decent and I think price. This, I think this movie is definitely kind of a cult hit where there's a lot of people who saw it when they were kids and they absolutely love it. And mm-hmm. I feel like this will probably sell pretty damn well. It's three hours. Like, 20 bucks for a three-hour movie? Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, not too, not too shabby. One of uh, Hooper's earlier works. It's from our boy Toby Hooper, yeah. The inside yeah. of it is really cool. It's got the whole town. Yeah, it's got a lot of... It's like a... It is a cool steelbook for sure. And like like I said, I feel like a lot of people are into this movie in particular. Like, it's a huge cult hit, and I think a lot of people are going to buy it. I Are you going to get actually, it? I purchased the Blu-ray recently, like the normal oh, Blu-ray. <laughs> and so I, I kind of screwed myself here. But... Maybe maybe I'll get this too, just for just to have it around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, why not? It's a cool little little treat, little, tr- yeah. little tr- post Halloween treat, not a trick. Yeah, it's probably something that won't be around for very long. It might be a, a trick. Have actually, it might it's be not, a trick. What's Zavi? Because what is Zavi? Like, we don't know. Am I gonna get tricked or am I gonna get treated? I think you have to buy it and find out. All right, <laughs> segment uh, on December eleventh when I get it tricked or treated. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that could be a great segment that we just invented here <laughs> you have to order it and see if you get tricked or treated by zombie all right, all right. <laughs> well everyone look forward to that one yeah so um you can get that december 11th i guess it's a pre-order it's still in stock the article makes it look like it's hard to get but it's not so um you can check that out now and just search salem's lot zavi and you will find it all right so the next one this was a this is like an indie movie announcement that I normally wouldn't put on here, but uh, this new movie Artic, like A R T I K, has a bunch of different like up and coming horror actors in it. But I noticed that Chase Williamson from Bad Match, which we both liked, he's in it. He's like the star, and he's also in the guest and John dies at the end and Siren, which is a spinoff of VHS. This movie looks pretty cool. There's a lot of pretty decent names attached to it that have made pretty good horror movies in the last few years so i think this is definitely going to be a new indie movie to watch out for i think so matt mercer is in it i'm pretty sure he's the guy who voices leon scott kennedy okay that's kind of cool i'm into I'm that 60 percent sure <laughs> i that like i know he voices a resident a big resident evil character it might be mm-hmm. chris i don't think it's chris though so uh this comes out in 2018 after Warfighter, which is another movie from these people it's directed by tom bocce so i don't know there's some screenshots in the article on bloody disgusting or there's one screenshot uh it looks pretty cool it's about like superheroes and it's comic book inspired uh serial killer inspired it looks sweet the synopsis is the story center centers around a family-run sunflower farm where comic book obsessed serial killer arctic his life partner flynn and their family of foster kids are on the hunt for the ultimate comic book hero. 
until Holton's Holton Shud case and all anon attending straight edge punk purist comes between them. How how fucking confusing are any of like all of these names? My God, what's an all anon? Al anon? Do you know what any of this is? Um, do you... I don't know. I I can't help you with these names, dude. They're they're pretty out there. Yeah, I'm writing a script and I have to come up with a person who's going to be in my movie. If I put Holton Shudcase in my script. Like, come on. So uh, that's that's the end of segment one. There, we flew through that. There's some heavy hitters. We got some Stranger Things news. We got some Children of the Corn. We got some Brawl in Cell Block 99. That was pretty fun. Yeah. And we got the Trick or Treat segment coming up. Yeah. So um, before we get into that, our segment two, I want to do our creature feature this week. And I just came up with it right now. I didn't have one. I forgot to do it. But then I remembered. I found... uh, So Instagram got me today with their ads. So there's this shirt company that always comes up called wicked clothing and they make these really cool like um they make really cool ringer t-shirts that look like old like uh hasbro toy boxes like really old ones but then you look closer and they stay they say stuff like pyrokinesis for beginners and it's like a girl like starting a fire it's like obviously the girl from Firestarter. Mm-hmm. and then so i like i've seen the ads before and I thought that it might be Facebook quality, like, you know, the shitty websites that show up on Facebook. Right. But I saw one today that was uh, like a crew neck sweatshirt that had a Grim Reaper on his little boat. And it said, see you later on it. in a really cool <laughs> font. So I was like, that is too cool. And then I saw that there's free shipping and 20% off for Black Friday. So I was like, all right, I'll click. And I ended up buying it. So I looked at their site. They have like some really cool ones. Like there's a t-shirt that says let's sacrifice Toby and it's got all these kids like around another <laughs> kid and they're holding a knife over him. There's one I really want that they're sold out of right now. It's called Necromancy for Beginners and it's got like this little kid standing in front of a grave and like the Grim Reapers coming out of it. That's kind of <laughs> like, cool. It's really, it sounds kind of like goofy but if you go look at it it makes a lot more sense and they're great. And they're at t- wickedclothes.com. Yeah, from all the shirts I saw, it's like kind of like chibi art style with like the big heads, and it's kind of cute, but it's also sort of sinister because of the subject matter. It's cool. I'll probably end up picking one, picking up a few of these. Yeah, there's one that's like conspiracy theories, or like the big book of conspiracy theories, and it looks almost exactly like uh, the special book from Fallout Three. Like yeah. it, it has, it's like that old retro kind of art. It's really cool. Yeah. So um, I, I'm sure they're pretty big. Like they got to be, you know, kind of big to for how much money they put in advertising and Instagram. But uh, I highly recommend going to check them out. They have some cool stuff. And, for uh, sure. I don't know I don't know when the sale ends, but right now if you use the code Black Friday, you get 20% off and free shipping. Alright, we are back from our quick break, and the first movie up in our segment two is Buckout Road. So, Buckout Road is a story about all these people who live in this, I think it's like a New York small town, and there's one particular road where all these different urban legends kind of culminate around, and there's like basically three main urban legends that are being researched by these three college kids. And as they start to look up the history of these urban legends, 
things kind of start happening to them and people start having these nightmares and killing themselves after experiencing the urban legends in their dreams. So that sounds really cool. <laughs> like, yeah, like the setup is not bad. And it, it's premiering at the blood in the snow festival, which I think happened over the weekend. And we got it. We got a big list of all these movies that were premiering there. And I watched all the trailers and this one has a deceptively good trailer. Like, this one looked high quality, it looked nice, it like looked like it had a cool story. And, in the trailer, they make it seem like all of these urban legends are real. Which, granted, they might be, I don't know. But after watching the movie, they all seem fake as fuck, and they're not good. <laughs> yeah. So, the story mainly follows uh, one guy, Aaron, who recently went off to like military school. And he comes home, and his dad is a... Dr. Powell is a psychiatrist who used to be a reverend who lost his faith and now he just practices uh, psychiatry. I mean, that's a pretty weird career change to have late in life also. Like, <laughs> it, it takes time to get your degree to be a psychiatrist like, and to like build a client base. And, you know, like it probably takes a good 10 years. Yeah, so that, that's a bit weird. And basically something happens to Dr. Powell and it unites Aaron with Cleo, who's the daughter of the local police chief, and these two stoners who are in her uh, film class. It's like a modern myth class. And they're making a documentary on the myths of Buckout Road and kind of trying to break them down one by one and present it as a class project. But then, like I said earlier, they start having the nightmares and start experiencing the uh, urban legends in their dreams. Yeah, so I'll start out with the good here. This movie looks pretty good, like, start to finish. It looks, it's pretty consistent, except for one section. And it's kind of frustrating because it looks pretty good. Like, it looks like a good theatrical movie, and it's so rushed. Like, they cut so many corners on stuff that they, you, you it's just hard to understand why. Yeah, I don't, one thing that really rubs me the wrong way is they take these three urban legends and they talk about them throughout the whole movie. They repeat them. They go through them in the dream sequences. They keep going over what they could possibly mean. They really focus on these three main urban legends. And they take, one, out of the three, they take one in the middle of the two and try to give it like a unique style and make it like 70s and they put a film grain over it. Yeah, it's and definitely, I, it's like a callback to the town that dreaded sundown. Like, right. straight up, they have the same car and everything, and it looks awesome. Yeah, and I thought that was cool. And what they should have done is taken those three stories and made each of them distinctly an homage to a sub-genre of horror or something. Do one that's a thriller, one that's a 70s slasher, one that's, you know, a ghost story or something. If you would have done it like that and made them each feel like a unique story that were all kind of creepy that were culminated around this one area, I think that I would have cared more about the urban legends and about the overall story that's connecting the three of them. Right, and like the way you get to these places is you go and you sleep under a tree on Buckout Road, and then it teleports you through time to these different places. And like what you said just hit the nail on the head. Like If you're going to pay homage so clearly to a type of movie like The Town That Dreads Sundown, or my bloody Valentine, like you knew exactly what they're going for. You can't just do that for one of them. You have to do it for all of them, and you have to commit. And the problem with that part, the time like that '70s part, is they want it to look grungy, right? But instead of actually putting in the work and you know getting a crappier camera, like an older camera, you know, putting in real 
work to make it look degraded. You can tell that it's just like a video blocks filter for After Effects that they just downloaded and then slapped over the like really high quality footage. It looks no different. It literally looks like you just blended two effects. Like you turn the opacity down on one that you place over the like really high quality 70s quote unquote footage. And yeah. like and there's not a lot of stuff that makes me mad when I watch a movie, but something like that where it's like like you know, you can cut corners and try and hide stuff if you're working in a budget and a time frame and everything, but that's just inexcusably rushed. It it feels weird that they tried something different with only one out of the three. I guess I would have been less disappointed if I was really interested, if I, like, didn't care about any of them instead of caring about one and being like, why aren't the other ones at least, like, trying a little bit hard like this one? So it's weird that there's, like, one definitely out of place in the three urban legends. And I think that the overall story that connects the three of them is also very, very weak. And I think that the one character that really makes the movie fail harder than any of the other ones is the detective. Not the detective, but the, like, sheriff. Cleo's dad. Oh, God, he's terrible. He's really phones it in most of the time, and he's kind of one of the main, I guess, like, fulcrums of the story. Like, a lot of it revolves around him and what he's doing, whether it's putting roadblocks in people's way or, you know, doing, like, whatever he's doing trying to make Aaron like leave and it, it's just it, it never you never really understand what his motivations are until and then when the they the reveal movie. it it's just like that doesn't make any goddamn sense <laughs> right once they finally reveal like what his whole master plan is you're like okay what yeah <laughs> and we've talked about this before like games and movies that do that thing like where they they have a big twist but then the things that lead up to that twist are so... You, you, like, it's a big twist that you would never guess, but not because it's a well-crafted twist, but because it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't fit into the story. It's just like, when it happens, you're like, what? Yeah, it really really feels like it comes out of left field. It, I like, in a twist of a movie, to have hints of, like, a, a way for you to figure it out before the twist happens. You know what I mean? Where there's clues hidden throughout the movie... God, it's cool story, like, idea, I guess, like, cool name. David Hayter from, uh, who played Solid Snake for years as part of this movie, like, there's so much that should be good. Like, David Hayter, who played fucking Big Boss, is in this movie. <laughs> and, you know, like, we always try and pick out something that makes, like, if there's a crowd this is aimed at, or something to make it worth watching. I just think this is a hard pass in every way. Yeah, I, I don't... I didn't really have a lot of, like, redeeming qualities with this movie. I just thought that it was pretty boring overall and kind of a waste of the source material. I agree. So we give Buckout Road a pass. Pass it. Okay, so second on the list, we have Psychopaths. Now, this one, this one's not, We I just didn't really like it, but I don't think it's horrible. It's uh, directed by, this is how it caught my eye. It's directed by Mickey Keating, who directed Carnage Park. He's our age. And he's directed some pretty cool, like, indie horror movies. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed that it stars Ashley Bell, who's Alice. She plays Alice in this movie. But she's the main girl from The Last Exorcism, which is a really scary found footage movie. It's really good. Mm -hmm. And then Larry Fassenden plays uh, Killer in this movie. And he's barely in it. But he's basically the reason that Ty West has a job and, like, a career. Like, he's funded a lot of his movies and acted in them. And he's just, like... I've seen him talk before after seeing a screening of uh, 
in the Valley of Violence. He did a, like an interview with Ty West, and he's just like the coolest guy. So I know, I see all this. Then I watch the trailer. It's super stylized. It's really cool. It's like dripping and just awesome, like Hotline Miami style. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's about a killer who gets executed. And on the night he dies, he sends out a curse over L.A. that basically just brings out all the psychopaths and like causes them to just go nuts and start killing people. And this movie like shows you just a few of those people. It sounds so awesome, but it's just not. Yeah, I think this movie is definitely more style over substance. Oh where yeah. Like they, the definition. Right. Everything is extremely hyper stylized and the, it's visually it's a really interesting, really cool looking movie to watch. And the score, but, the soundtrack yeah, is so score, good. The, it's just the score so good. is amazing for sure. And but overall the stories that they follow some of them they have parts that are interesting that are cool to watch. But I, I didn't really see the through line in all of them. Yeah, I didn't either. It's just like the the one with Alice, the one played by Ashley Bell. That one's really cool. She's like she escapes a mental asylum and then she goes and she's like a lounge singer for a night. But she has like two people living in her head. And yeah. like one of them is like sweet and innocent. And the other one is like this really creepy murderer. And I really liked her character and she did a great job acting uh, in the movie. Just the other ones, there's another story. Uh, she her her arc is really cool she like invades this couple's home and i think where that gets screwed up is they introduce like way too much backstory on the couple like way too much yeah <laughs> like i mean it's, i don't it's really a big chunk of the movie for some reason yeah like i don't care about the marriage troubles of these of this random couple like it, like it doesn't matter to me really <laughs> at all like you could have just had her break into the house and start terrorizing them stranger style, but if she was just one person, I think that would have probably worked better for her story. Yeah, and so another hyper-stylized part about it is that it pulls a lot from under the skin. Have you ever seen that movie, the Scarlett Johansson movie? No. Where she's like an alien? It, there's just some like straight up, like not like rip-off, like shot-for-shot shot rip-off or anything, mm-hmm. just like stuff that's just very clearly inspired by it. And like they just, if you're going to, if you're going to take from another movie and like make something that's inspired by it, be at least as good as the other movie at doing it. You know, and it just, it's, it doesn't work here. There's some really creepy, cool, like bloody, gory camera work and like shot work here that works really well. Like there's a part where one of the killers is putting needles under another killer's nails. And that's really, really cringe inducing. But it's just too cerebral, and the the problems start coming up when the sto- in the story department. Like the story doesn't make any sense. Yeah, when I was watching it, I felt that since basically this movie is just like very stylized, small vignettes of these three characters, I think it would have just worked way better if it was like a short. You cut out most of the plot elements, and you just kind of make a ambiguous. Like murder story you could even do one about each character you could do three shorts not connect them in any way and like vhs kind of, right do, do something like that and that probably would have been better those would have been a cooler collection of stories instead of trying to connect them in a loose way that doesn't really flow together too well yeah well even if you just start with like you know larry fassenden's character right he is a killer he gets killed and he sends out this curse and from that point forward, that's the only connection these stories have. 
right. would work a whole lot better. And if you didn't jump between them for some reason, when they don't really tie together in the end, like that would have worked a lot better too. You know, like they, they jump all around constantly. It's really hard or, to keep up with anything. Even if they didn't, so they shouldn't have jumped between them. Even if they connected the stories in the way that like you follow one character's like one killer story and then it ends with like them being killed by the next killer. And then you follow them through their story. And then they end, then they're killed by the next killer. And then you follow that killer through that killer's story. I think that would have been a cooler through line as to like almost like a possession of like his curse basically passing from killer to killer as the next one kills the previous one, you know? Yep. That would work way better. So I think a, a big problem from this too is that Mickey Keating wrote, directed, and edited it. Mm-hmm. And like, well, I think it's cool that a guy our age is doing like that much work on a movie. I think if a like editor came in or, you know, like he had some more input from other people on this, I think this could have been crafted into a much better like flowing movie. Yeah, it's almost uh, it's like the opposite of that old saying, too many cooks. It's like two little cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, like one like- cook who's kind of inexperienced. <laughs> Right, doesn't like, make a good movie. <laughs> like if a second cook showed up and he had someone to bounce ideas off of, it might have worked out a bit better. Yeah, it ca- it honestly has a lot of the problems that Zack Snyder movies have, where they're just like gorgeous to look at, but the substance just isn't there. But the problem with this one is the substance could have been there. It just yeah. has pacing and like structural issues that I feel like really wouldn't be that hard to fix. Like I feel like if you just if someone started chopping up this movie, they could make it better. Yeah, I think with a few restructuring, you know, edits, I think it probably could flow a bit better and be more cohesive. I just, and I think that they like do like a cop out near the end of the movie where they have a voiceover that's like, some people won't like this story because it's too gory and it's too ambiguous. And it's like, well, if you have to put a voiceover saying that people aren't going to like the movie in the movie, then don't you kind of know something's wrong with it at that point? Yeah. And you know, like saying that it's too gory, like it's really not that gory. Like it has some gory parts in it, but it's, they're few and far between a and B they're not that bad. So like that's stupid. And then saying that, yeah, like you're apologizing right at the end of the movie for how ambiguous it is. You shouldn't have to apologize for it. You should fix the movie. So it's not that ambiguous. Yeah. I think that this movie probably will hit pretty well with people who are just looking for the super stylized. Like, visually, it is very interesting and a very cool movie. And I think a lot of, a small set of people are probably going to really dig that and like this movie for that and just kind of ignore the flaws. But I thought that the flaws are, like, too glaring to ignore. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're the kind of person who loves to dissect movies and piece them together, like... I think this is a movie for you. Like, if you're kind of like those film, you have a group of friends where you're all like film buffs and you like piecing together these stories that I feel like the story here you could piece together if you tried, maybe. I think it might be fun to watch. Like, it's not great. It is never going to be a good movie, I don't think, to anyone, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Like, it's, it's a goofy, fun watch that should be better, but isn't, unfortunately. And I just didn't really like it. Yeah, I think there's definitely a set of people that will like it. Like you said, the film kind of people who are like very into, you know, the cinematography and piecing it together that way and the different, you know, focusing on small characters 
I think that some people will probably like that, but I think overall it, it could have definitely been improved before it, it went out like this. Yeah, definitely. So um, that one is out December 1st in theaters, and I wouldn't necessarily go see in theaters, but it's out on VOD January 2nd, and it might be worth a rent then because, you know, uh, we we uh, we support Mickey Keating because we like Carnage Park, but yeah, just needs a little work on this movie, and hopefully yeah. he bounces back quick. Mm-hmm. okay so that's the end of segment two we're going to take a quick break we're going to come right back we got a segment three we picked out some uh good movies for you guys to watch so just hang out we'll be right back Okay, so we're back from our break, and like we mentioned before, it's a little it's a little dry right now. But Netflix and Amazon are both providing some great movies. So George came up with the great idea to go through each and then pick out five of the best movies from each provider. So George handled Netflix, and he's gonna go first, and I handled Amazon Prime. But you, you can start. So okay. what'd you find on Netflix for people to watch? What are the five best movies you could find on there? So Netflix has a lot of. Yeah, horror movies that vary in quality. There's some very, very bad things on there, like Halloween, and then there's some very, very good things on there, like It Follows, which is my first pick. And so It Follows, if you haven't seen it or heard of it, it is a movie that was filmed actually in uh, our neck of the woods in Michigan, and it is essentially a supernatural, almost STD that will follow you around and kill you and the only way to not have it kill you is have sex with somebody to pass it on to them and it'll follow them until it kills them and then once it kills that person it'll come for you very atmospheric slow-paced creepy one of the better horror movies of the last couple years i think that this is a definite must watch for any horror fan oh i love it i think it's one of the best horror movies of all time like top 10 for me and like it's heavily inspired by halloween like there's some great shot call outs to it Micah Monroe is just a great actress. She's also in The Guest. It's got it's just really cool. If you love movies where teens have to team up to try and beat a monster that they can't beat, like Halloween, this is a movie for you. And yeah. I, I've seen some style versus substance things thrown around. It doesn't apply. This movie, you really you kind of have to think when you watch it. But I don't like cerebral headspacey movies, and I love this movie. Yeah, that's a definite, probably the best one on this list. In all honesty. But uh, next one is Would You Rather. So this is a story starring uh, Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect. And yeah, so her little brother is uh, afflicted with some kind of cancer. And she's basically like a single mom, even though she's his sister, like the mom's out of the picture. And she's looking for a way to make like some big money to pay for his operation. And so this kind of eccentric doctor says that he's having a house party, and if she comes to it, she could win a bunch of money. And every there's like 10 people that show up, and they basically play the most fucked up game of would you rather possible, where there's people like slicing each other's eyeballs with razor blades and electrocuting each other, and it gets like way, way crazy really fast. And this is, I think this is a really fun watch. Yeah, I like that movie a lot, and it has literally the best ending. Of <laughs> yeah, most the ending movies. is it's is so very, good. very dark. 
it's amazing it's fucking awesome and it's 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 really good i like this movie we 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 went in with really low expectations but we liked it and it's from our friends at ifc midnight yeah definitely it's better than probably i would say go with low expectations but this will probably be better than you expect it to be definitely and the next one on my list is troll hunter (laughs) this movie is, is great this movie is great it's a foreign film and it's like a Norwegian expedition where these guys try to find the troll and it's basically it's filmed like you know very snowy terrain the cinematography is good really claustrophobic it's like a yeah found especially for movie. found footage the cinematography is yeah. great yeah cinematography is really good very claustrophobic the troll looks really cool the story is really uh, fun to follow it is a foreign film so it is subtitled all throughout that turns you off then you should probably just watch it anyway because it's very, very good. Yeah, and like everyone in it is like Norwegian comedians. That's the whole yeah. thing. Like the actors are all comedians, but they're great actors and they play it seriously. And it's like it's great. And this the special effects are awesome. Yeah. Uh, next on my list is Clown. Oh, uh, so this is probably my favorite Eli Roth movie. He just produced it. Oh, it's well, not, he stars he in it too. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. He totally does. You're right. Well. So anyway, well, kind of. He kind of starts. Kind of. A little bit. So this is a story about a guy who is a real estate agent, and he's trying to sell this one house, and he forgets to book a clown for his kid's birthday party. So it just so happens, conveniently, he finds a clown suit in this house that he's trying to sell, and he puts it on and dresses up as Dumbo the Clown and comes to his kid's birthday party and basically is the clown replacement but he finds out after sleeping in the suit that he can't take it off and throughout the movie the suit becomes part of him and turns him more and more into this monster the effects are really cool and this movie has some some really good actors in it and it's it's a it's kind of goofy at times definitely goofy towards the beginning and it ramps up in seriousness as the movie goes along but there's still some laughs to be had along the way, and this is it's scary. Fun. It, it I, definitely like, has a scary ending. Like it once... plays for jokes, but it's a freaky movie. And the yeah. way that the way that you get the clown skin off is you have to eat five kits. Yeah. So like you can eat the you. So basically, what happens is you can just go out and kill five kids and eat them as soon as you put the costume on, and then just take it off. But as it starts to take over you, it's like so adamant that you kill the kids that it like transforms you into a monster. It'll like drive you to the point where you will eat the kids right so, so it's like longer... watching this guy grapple with that is right. crazy yeah so it's like the longer you resist the more of a monster you become till if you resist for too long then you basically become a monster to the point where you can't turn back into a human yeah and then the thing will eat five kids and then you might get off you might not and peter Stormare is in it and yeah. he's like a bit starring role as like the clown researcher and he's amazing dude he's amazing he's, he's the so best. good in this movie he's so good in this, this i is like love one him. of the perfect roles for him he is so he, good in this he's like one of my favorite actors honestly like top 10 i just love him anything <laughs> he's in he's just he's so cool yeah and we'll bring him up again later <laughs> so what's the last and thing you got for us last thing on my list is vhs one so this is a uh, anthology movie with five different stories that are just, you know, five different short films about basically this group of people find this like abandoned house that has all these VHS tapes in it. 
and then they watch the stories one after another. So each of the stories is definitely a standalone. You can just watch them. They're all just really kind of cool. Definitely the first one has the best uh, individual short stories, I think. I, I think all three are on Netflix right now, but I think VHS 1 is like by far the best one. Yeah, I really like the second one. It's where a lot of my favorite directors got their start, like Ty West and Adam Wingard and Joe Swanberg and A.J. Bowen. If you like those guys who all work on like uh, Your Next and The Sacrament and House of the Devil and innkeepers <laughs> the guests like all those great horror movies this is a really cool way to see where they got their start because they all yeah. worked on shorts and adam wingard actually stars in one of the shorts in the second one which is yeah. cool i know yeah. everyone hates him now because of <laughs> death note for some reason but uh he's a really cool guy he's a great director and a great actor uh don't let the anime fans get you down by <laughs> shitting on him because like i'll fight anyone he's a great director <laughs> he's awesome yeah. i know you and i are probably the only two people that like the uh blair witch 2016 remake i just i can't even talk about that like, <laughs> <laughs> i can't even tell you how many people went into like blair witch who don't like found footage movies and then vocally got upset that they didn't like it it's like <laughs> Just, <laughs> but anyway, VHS is the last one on my list. So I took a more elevated, snobby route with my movies on Prime because Amazon puts on movies that are like more art housey, I guess. And so the first one I got here is the classic Fargo. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, love it. Fargo is my favorite TV show of all time. It fits <laughs> right into the universe. The movie's great. It's got my boy Peter Stormare in it. It's just. The perfect Midwestern true crime that's not really that true murder mystery movie. It's got William H. Macy. It's got some great people in it. It's just so good. Yeah, Never gets old. It definitely is like the pinnacle of the true crime, true crime drama like movies for sure. This is one of the total classic. Total classic. Coen, one of the Coen brothers' best movies. It's a must watch, I think. Yeah, so then next on the list, I have What We Do in the Shadows, which is Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok, which I finally saw and loved. And yeah, he also directed Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a hilarious comedy. Uh, he directed a vampire comedy movie, and he's going back to make another one soon. So you should check that out. So when it comes out, you can be like, oh, I saw What We Do in the Shadows a long time ago. It was great. I'm elevated and smart. Uh, it's really funny. I, I haven't checked this one out, but I trust Taika Waititi. <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> he's, he's great. He's just like has, a great dude. He's got some great comedy chops, man. And it shows in everything he does. Yeah, so definitely check out What We Do in the Shadows. I love Thor, but I think What We Do in the Shadows is his best work. Uh, next on the list, we have The Neon Demon. It's an Amazon-produced movie, which I did not know. Uh, it's pretty good. It's really creepy. It's kind of out there. It's more like The Witch. Or, you know, like those A24 art housey mm. <laughs> post-horror <laughs> movies, uh, as people call them who are dumb. And it's pretty good. I like that movie a lot. It's pretty gory. I think it's worth checking out. Have you seen that? Uh, I have not seen The Neon Demon. It's pretty good. It kind of slipped under people's radar. It came out right at the same time as Green Room. Like, yeah, I think I the same weekend. I feel like I heard some like rumblings about it, but I never got around to it. It got killed by Green Room, which is fair because it's not yeah, as good it's a as Green great Room. movie. <laughs> Next on the list, this movie is dope, and nobody has seen it. It's called The Monster. 
It's from A24. I it's just so good. That this movie was like completely I had no idea what this was until we watched it that one night. Didn't we get it in like a red box or something? I bought it on iTunes and downloaded it because I it's from the one of the guys who made The Strangers, which is like instant. I want to watch it. Yeah. Because I liked his movie Mockingbird, which is a really creepy movie that everyone should watch. And I heard about this. So what A24 does is some of their movies don't end up getting put into full theatrical runs. And then DirecTV gets exclusivity on them. And this is one of them. I have no fucking clue why this is not one that they put money behind. Because it's awesome. It's about a mother and daughter. Where the daughter is basically the mom of the mother. And she's Mm. like five years old. But she's super smart. And she's got it together. But her mom's like a drug addict. And it gets to the point where the daughter just wants is fed up and goes to live with the dad. And then on the road trip down, a uh, monster attacks their car. And it's a great practical effect monster that you see straight on. It's a good survival movie. And it's really heartfelt. Like, I teared up at the end. It's pretty good. Yeah, I cannot believe that I heard so little buzz about this movie. Because I think this is one of A24's better movies for sure. Yeah, like, I stand pretty on top of stuff. And this one even took me about, I don't know, a year to find out about. So, yeah. it wasn't just you, like... I just saw it. I was like, shit, he directed that? Like, I gotta go see that. <laughs> so the next final movie on my list, finishing it off with another A24 movie, The Witch, which is, uh, I'd say, a little overrated. Like, if you're expecting a nonstop, like, action fest, don't see it. But if you want a realistic look into, like, the Salem era, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think, uh, and <laughs> this this might make me sound like I'm, comparing it like kind of making it seem like overrated but i think the movie it most closely relates to is probably the shining in the sense that it's a very small contained movie where it focuses on essentially one area the whole movie and this family that's slowly kind of going insane over time and tensions build like very very slowly as the movie goes on and there's a lot of deception and you don't really know what's going to happen next. You don't know what's real and what's fake. And I, it, it has a great payoff. And this is a one of the better creepy, suspenseful movies. Yeah, and it stars Anya Taylor-Joy, who's going to be in New Mutants. She plays Magic, and Magic's awesome. She has a light sword. So if you want to see her maybe or maybe not become a witch, you should check out The Witch on Amazon Prime. Yeah, those are all good picks. Yeah, th- these are great movies, all of them. Like you had some, you had some great picks. Like, I don't think any of the movies you picked are also on Amazon either. So that's cool that we went like, no crossover here. Yeah, because we didn't no. tell each other what movies we picked beforehand. A lot of A twenty four though. Yeah, they're they're really good. <laughs> yeah, I think no, it follows is not A twenty four, are they? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Oh, shit. So we have that. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh neon neon demon no neon demon is an a24 we have three the monster okay. and the witch and <laughs> so it follows almost 50 percent <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> they're great i don't care we it's not like we put uh what it comes at night the most diverse yeah. divisive film of 2017 on there oh yeah and i'm on the side that says that movie's a stinker i kind of liked it i just like i just I knew at that point A24 misadvertises everything. And I could kind of tell that there was nothing supernatural about it. I was pretty let down by the dream sequences. Because dream sequences are really stupid and shouldn't be in movies. 
Uh, just, that's my hard take. It really let me down in the sense that there was like so many unanswered questions. Yeah, and then you know what? The next time we do this list, I think we'll have a lot less A24 and a lot more neon pictures. It's the film group that Alamo Drafthouse started that's picking up a lot of the, like that kind of movie. Like they uh, did uh, Colossal. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they, they're in Ingrid Goes West. Like very similar style and aesthetic to what they pick up to A24. So good to have some diversity in the indie horror world. Yeah, for sure. The high budget indie horror. Yeah. So uh, that's our segment three. So we gave you 10 movies to watch and two to skip. So that's a pretty good show, dude. Like I was, I was kind of nervous on this one just yeah. because <laughs> it was the first week where it felt like we didn't have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I was super nervous uh like friday or sunday night yeah <laughs> i was like there's literally like two news stories to talk about what are we gonna do yeah and like i've been in the game long enough to know when stories are gonna be published when they aren't and i knew i knew there would be an overload today uh still a little light but you know we'll, we'll keep on trucking for you i think next week will be a lot better yeah we make do with what we have you know yeah you're coming here for us anyway right right uh, obviously right so, uh, yeah, if you like the show, it would really help us out if you go over to iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, even if you don't want to write out a whole review, you can rate it like one to five stars and not even leave a review. It just helps because, like, you've been in the situation, we've all been there, where you go to iTunes, you see a podcast, and then it says not enough ratings to assign a star. Like, and you're just like, uh, weak. Yeah. You just look at that but, and you go, ugh, yucky. I'm not going to watch that. Yucky. So we've had <laughs> we've had enough stars for, we've had enough ratings for a while now to where we see a star. So we're, we're not cringy and lame yet. Like, we're still not at that. We're, we're, we've, we've transcended cringy and lame. And judging by the popularity bar, people are still coming back and listening to the show, which is great. And uh, we have even listeners also subscribe to Shockwave's podcast, which is Blumhouse's giant podcast. Uh, so... We're getting there. We just we would like to have some more reviews. And you don't even have to leave a five-star one. It can be whatever you want. Yeah. But we do have some very nice reviews, and we do appreciate all the people that have, have written our, our reviews for us. Yeah, we're at seven ratings right now. Let's get it to ten by uh, end of the year. That'd be nice. Yeah. So um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Jimmy Champagne. And if you want to find the show, you can find it at Fear Frequency. And where can we find you, George? Uh, I'm on everything at George Frizzard. George has been tweeting more, so you're wanna, gonna want to go and follow him. <laughs> I'm been trying. Trying real hard. I appreciate the effort. So, uh, if that's the end of the show, I think it is. So, this is Fear Frequency. Thank you for listening, and you never know who might be listening to you. <laughs> <laughs>